Thank you for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you have never been to church, walked away from church, or are struggling to find a church to connect with, you belong here. Right now, big things are going on at Collective as we are finishing the work on our own 24-7 space with the plan to be open by Easter. Until then, you can continue to check us out on Facebook at My Collective Church on Sunday mornings at 9.25 a.m. for Collective Online. We'd love for you to join us. God is moving at Collective and in the city of Frederick, so stay tuned so you can be up to date on what's going on and how you can be involved with what's next at Collective. Now, let's get into today's message. If you couldn't tell from worship a few minutes ago, we are in a new location. But this isn't just any new location. This is the new location. Check this out. This is our new auditorium. Check it. Wonderful. Look at those seats. They have cushions, no longer black metal seats. And there are so many other things that we want to show you, but we don't really have time right now. So you're just going to have to come and check it out sometime so that we can continue talking about the series today. So I want to start by talking about what the next few months are going to look like for Collective. A few weeks ago, we made the announcement that we're pushing our service time back to 10.30 a.m. because we're working to get back together in person. So here's the plan. Starting next weekend, we are no longer recording our services on Monday nights, but we'll be live from our building. And it'll just be me and the staff and a few key team members and team leaders. And we'll do this through the month of February with the goal of meeting back in person on March 7th. Now, the reason we're doing this in February is because there's still a lot of work happening in the building, and we wanted to create a way for our tech team to learn our new gear without the pressure of people in seats, just with the pressure of you online. When we meet together again in March, it will be contingent on the number of COVID cases. Right now, we are just over 7% in the state of Maryland, and those numbers have been dropping for the past month. If they jump back up over 10%, We'll adjust the date. Now, when we do get back together, masks will be required for ages five and up. We will temperature check all volunteers as well as the kids and collective kids. There will be physical distancing in our seats. In fact, our auditorium can hold over 550 people per county standards, but we only have 250 chairs. So we have plenty of room for you to sit with your friends or your family and have a seat or two in between you and other guests. We will not have any paper connection cards or programs, and communion will come prepackaged in the seats when you arrive. And those are just the things that are easy to talk about. We're going to be doing a lot more to make sure this is the safest experience possible, and we'll put out another video in February with more information, so stay tuned. We will also be making a few changes with our online experience. We'll continue to go live on Facebook, but we're also going to be using a new program called Church Online Platform. Now, we're making this change because you will be able to access church online from the app and from a button on our homepage on our website. We will no longer be using Vimeo. So if you aren't on social media, download the app so you can join us live on Sunday mornings. We will also be shifting our online hosts over to church online platform because it's cleaner and easier to engage with you online. And listen... I know this is a lot of change, but here's why we are doing this. We want to win in our faith. 
to help you live the way that Jesus lays out in John 10, 10. And it says this, we've read this over and over again in this series. It says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So today we're closing out our series called How to Win. And the goal was to help you make small changes that could lead to a better year. To create ways for you to take small steps in your relationships, your health, your finances, and your faith. And many of you have done that. Last week, multiple people took a step in their finances, increased their giving. Many of you actually gave for the first time. We held our first ever next last weekend and Danielle and I got to connect with multiple people to talk about the history of collective and getting more involved here. And we're a few weeks into our first ever yoga and prayer pop-up and we already know that we're gonna do it again in the future because it's going so well. This is one of the reasons why I love this church. You take next steps, you take risks, you trust God, you own your growth. And the reason I am so encouraged by this is because I carry a huge burden to equip you to grow in your faith. You own your growth. I can't make anybody grow. That's not actually my job. But I'm here to help guide you on this journey. And I carry a huge burden to lead and equip you so that you can make the right choice to grow and experience the life that Jesus has for you, a life to the fullest. So one of the things that keep me up at night is this question, how do I create space for people, for our people to grow in their faith? And this doesn't matter where you are when it comes to spirituality. You can be an atheist who's just checking out Jesus. You can be a missionary for Jesus every single day of your life, but I want to help you win in your faith. And so that's what I'm hoping to teach you today. I'm gonna share some data with you that you're probably not aware of and challenge you at the end of this message to put together an action plan so that you can grow. Now you've heard me say this before, but the number one predictor of spiritual growth is daily reflection in the Bible. That's it. In fact, this is why we do our collectives the way that we do them. Our small groups that are kicking back off in February use something called the SOAP method. Scripture, observation, application, prayer. So what they do is they get together, they read the Bible verses from Sunday, they talk about what stands out in the story and what they learn about God and people. They apply it to their own lives and the discussion closes with prayer. Now, this is not groundbreaking, but it is the easiest way to read your Bible. Now, we do it like this in our small groups. And the reason why we approach discussion this way is because we want to give you the tools for reading your Bible. So you can use this method, scripture, observation, application, prayer. And when you do this, you will begin to experience life change. Jesus says in John 8, it says, As Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus says when we remain faithful to his teaching, we will experience freedom. And I can tell you that's true in my own life. And I've seen this be true in the lives of people around me who daily choose to root themselves in scripture. But there's also data that supports this. Lifeway Research did multiple studies about reading your Bible daily. And here's what they found. Reading the Bible four plus times a week decreases your odds of giving into these temptations, drinking in excess, viewing pornography, 
having sex outside of marriage, lashing out in anger, gossiping, neglecting family, overeating, and mishandling money. But that, that isn't all. Reading the Bible four plus times per week decreases your odds of struggling with these issues of feeling bitter, self-destructive thinking, feeling the need to hide what you do or how you feel, having difficulty forgiving others, feeling discouraged, experiencing loneliness, experiencing fear or anxiety. Reading the Bible four plus times per week will give you significantly higher odds of giving financially to a church, discipling or pouring into others, and sharing your faith with others. Reading the Bible four plus times per week will also give you significantly lower odds of feeling spiritually stagnant or feeling like you can't please God. Psalm 119 says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. The Bible guides us. It teaches us God's will for us. It comforts us. It gives us hope. It brings us peace. And reading the Bible is not a quick fix because reading is irrelevant if there aren't any actions. What matters is that you take what you read and you act on it. James says in James 2, Now someone may argue some people have faith, other have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. But scripture will always lead you in the right direction. It will set you free. And listen, have people used God's word as a weapon? Of course they have. Do some people twist what it says? Absolutely. In fact, next week, we're starting a brand new series called Bad Lip Reading the Bible, where we're gonna talk about a few phrases that you might think are from the Bible, but are actually manipulations of different verses. But every good benefit you would want from following God is a direct result of being in the Bible every single day. That's why we preach God's word every week. That's why our small groups read the Bible. And I don't care how you do it. I don't care if you do that digitally or if you choose to read a paper Bible or you even listen to a Bible on podcast. Seriously, Father Mike Schmitz, who's a well-known Catholic priest and public speaker, he directs a young adult ministry in Minnesota. He's incredible. He has a podcast where he reads through the Bible in a year. It's awesome. And you should check that out if you're not someone who loves to read. But the data is very simple and always has been. If you spend time daily in the Bible, in God's word, you will hang on to Jesus. And if you don't, you won't. And that's not my opinion. That's what we know from countless studies and research. So if you want to win in your faith this year, it starts with daily Bible reading. It really is that simple. Carve out time every day to read your Bible and reflect on what you are reading. And I know this might seem intimidating. So here are a few small ways that you can actually accomplish that goal. You can start by reading a chapter a day in the book of Proverbs. There's 31 chapters. And so you can finish it an entire month. You can actually do the same thing with the book of Acts. Acts is a story about how the church started. And there are 28 chapters. If you're looking for something to start, start that on February 1st and read it through the whole month. You can start by reading the biographies of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You can do a daily reading plan through the YouVersion Bible app. Like they will actually send you a Bible verse every single day that you can read. You can buy a Bible in a year book. These are amazing and they show you how much to read every day so that you don't have to figure it out for yourself. Uh, there's a book out there called Core 52 written by Mark Moore. 
Now, it doesn't touch on everything in the Bible, but just the 52 most mentioned topics. And here's the thing, though. It really is simple. It just takes discipline. And if growing your faith this year is a priority for you, it starts with reading your Bible. When my family first started to go to church, my dad was sharing with my uncle about the reasons why he liked the church and everything that he had been learning. And I remember my uncle saying that it was cool that they play good music and have good sermons that are engaging, but what do they believe? My dad responded by saying, I don't really know. But my uncle persisted, what do they believe? I don't know. He pushed again, Scott, what do they believe? To which my dad responded, I don't know, just read your Bible. But my dad actually said, I don't know, just read your fill-in-the-blank Bible. And trust me, it wasn't the word holy that he said. So in 2021, just read your Bible. Now, that really should be the end of the message, right? You want to win in your faith, read your Bible, open it up. It's, It's that simple. But there's actually something that makes that really complicated right now. There's a catch. Let me explain. Back in March we were told that millions of people would die from this virus by the year's end. And the truth is it scared us all. So because we had wisdom, we wisely shut everything down. And more people died last year than what's normal because this virus is real, it's a real thing. And for the first two months of COVID, we as a church experienced what every other church in the country that's over 200 people experienced. Our impact and reach went through the roof. We were reaching more people for the gospel than doing that online than we'd ever done in person in the history of our church. And I was pumped. We saw people get baptized, giving increased, digital groups were happening. We had a larger impact on our community. Our team was flexible and it all happened while we stayed home. But then in early July, our online engagement started to slowly drop. And I started to worry about what we were doing wrong. I was on Zoom calls every week with pastors from all over the country. And I learned that what was happening at Collective was happening at almost every church across the nation. Meaning in April, May, and June, churches were reaching more people than ever because of online church. But in July and August, engagement in online church started to go down. Now, a big piece of that was screen fatigue, loosening COVID guidelines, warmer weather. But the end result for us was that we were engaging 50% less people than we were a year ago. And this was true in almost every single church. And while all of this was going on, people were experiencing more brokenness than ever. And you've probably read the stats or or heard the stories. An article in the Baltimore Sun that came out just a few months ago said that the Baltimore crisis hotline, suicide prevention calls were up 400% over their record highs. Marriages are failing right now at an unprecedented rate. My counselor who runs a massive therapy network told me that for the first time in years, they are literally having to turn away clients because they cannot hire counselors fast enough to deal with the mental health issues that are going on. In fact, a study just came out today saying that the mental health impact of this will last years. And you get it. You're there. It's no vacation Add that to working from home, plus digital learning, plus social isolation, plus losing things that matter, and we're struggling. I mean, just look at the alcohol sales. Alcohol is being sold at record highs because people are trying to find ways to cope. 
And so I'm facing this and I want to help you grow. And I see all this brokenness and online engagement has gone down, but we need to be safe because of COVID. And I'm thinking, what do we do? Right, because right now people need Jesus more than ever and people need hope more than ever. They feel it, we feel it, I feel it. So what do we do? What do we do? And then in November of this year, I heard about a groundbreaking study. And remember, one of the benefits of 2020 is that we're gonna learn things this year that we wouldn't have been able to learn otherwise. And I read this study that was put out by the American Bible Society. And if you aren't familiar with them, they exist solely to get people reading their Bible. That's it. All they care about is how much people are in God's word because that's what they wanna know. And they're the ones who found out that the number one predictor of spiritual growth is daily reflection in your Bible. So long before 2020 started, they decided that they were gonna do a big survey to see the nature of what is going on spiritually in our country. And they had decided that they would do the first half of the survey in January and the other half in July. And this was all before COVID started. They had no idea this was coming. Well, they published the results this fall. And when they came out, they had two things that were very fascinating from the study. The first result confirmed what they'd been doing in years of studies. The number one predictor of spiritual growth is reading your Bible daily. They already knew that, but they actually confirmed it all over again. The second result though, was more interesting. Now they couldn't have known this without what was going on in our country, right? Because they did half of it in January, then the other half in July, when most churches in the United States weren't meeting. And so they got some additional data points that they didn't expect. And here's what they learned. We now know, not think, not postulate, not surmise. We now know that there is an inextricable link between daily Bible reading and in-person church attendance. Now, let me say that again. We now know that there is an inextricable link between daily Bible reading and in-person church attendance. The data shows that Bible reading is the number one predictor of spiritual growth. But when people aren't physically in church, they both fall apart. They learned that online church just doesn't cut it when it comes to leading people to get into the Bible daily, which is the number one domino for your spiritual growth. And listen, I can only speak for myself, but this was true in my own life. I'm just being honest with you all. My Bible reading hit its lowest point in years this summer. And I know that I'm not the only one. And the American Bible Society would say that this is linked to the fact that we are just doing church online. Now I get that that's a generalization and there are people who break the norm. But here's what I think. I think Jesus knew what he was doing when he started the church. And it just confirms what we've said around here at Collective. And I need to say this again because our production team is amazing and our new setup and our new building is a huge step up. But church is not a production. Church is not something that you consume. Church is a community that you belong to. That has always been true and that will always be true. But what we saw this year is that online church doesn't really last for people. What we see is that there's more brokenness than ever. And what we find out is that people who only do church online actually stunt their own spiritual growth. So if you are wondering why we are choosing to regather in March, this is why. It isn't because the building is complete. In fact, there will still be parts of the building that are getting worked on and set up. And we will have wisdom to regather safely, but we'll also have faith to take a risk because we know that we need church. 
Our mental health is better when we are in church. Our relationships are stronger when we are in church. Our marriages are healthier when we are in church. Our spiritual growth happens when we are in church. We read our Bible more when we are in church. Now, Michael, are you saying that if I'm not in the building, I won't grow? No. But what I am saying is that it's harder when you are at home alone watching church on a screen. And if you are being honest, you feel that. And I know that when I say in-person church attendance is inextricably linked to the number one predictor of spiritual growth, some of you think that your faith will survive. And some of you are right. But if you are like me, you know that it might not. So the staff and management team of Collective have realized that if we actually want people to grow in their faith, we have to create space for people to read their Bible. And that has to include regathering on Sunday mornings. So here are two challenges I want to give you today. Challenge number one, commit to being in church. And there are some of you who can't, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a second, but most of you can. And until this winter, I thought that we would be fine doing church online for the foreseeable future. But now we know that it's actually not true. And online church is fine if you can't make it. If you have a sick kid at home, if you aren't feeling well, please, dear God, stay home. If you're traveling and you don't want to miss a week, watch online. But now we know your faith suffers when you are not in church. So I challenge you, make a commitment to be here in person and to be here every week when we regather. Is it a risk? Of course it is. But faith is all about taking risks. So we're gonna act safely and proceed with wisdom. And I know some of you can't show up, right? I know the stories. I know the guy with chemo whose immune system is shot. I know the girl who's in recovery from surgery and the doctors have said until she's fully recovered, she needs to stay at home. I know the people who have a sick kid who is vulnerable because of preexisting conditions so they can't show up. I know the people who work in high risk jobs and haven't been vaccinated and are afraid to be around other people. I get it. So here's the second part. If you can't be in church, add intense Bible reading until you come back. Read every morning and every night. Try to read through the Bible in just a few months. Spend time every day reading your Bible without missing any days. And listen, I'm trying to think as extreme as possible with these examples because I think you have to do something extreme to not be a part of the statistic of people who only do church online, right? And you need to be wise when you're going through chemo and you need to be wise with a pre-existing condition. Please be wise. But if you are choosing to stay home, you have to make sure you are putting in the extra effort to sustain your faith, to win in your faith. And here's what I know. Jesus said in Matthew 9, and this is what he says. It says, when Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. We are broken. We are sinful. We are sick. We are hurt. And we need Jesus. And this season of COVID and Collective Online have only made that more true. So we are excited to regather in March. We're excited to see what God can do in this church in this new season. 
We are excited for a more intentional online experience for those of you who can't make it on Sunday mornings. And we are ready for what's next. And we hope to see you soon. Let's pray. God, um, I think it's true for anybody watching right now that they're watching because they want to grow. God, they want to grow in their trust in you. God, they want to grow in their faith in you. God, they want to grow in a way that brings healing to their life. But God, we're learning that that's just harder when we're online, when we're not seeing people, when we're not singing together, when we're not taking communion together. God, ultimately, it's harder when we watch church the same way that we watch Netflix or YouTube. And God, so this is tough for us. God, it's hard for us to make the decision to come back because it's been so long. But so many of us are struggling. So many of us know that this season needs to end. So God, give us wisdom. Give everybody listening wisdom as they try to make a decision whether they stay online or come back in person. God, help us as a church, help me as a as leader of this church do it the right way, the safe way. God, ultimately help us create space for people who are sick who need you to actually find you. God, I pray this week that um, whether we're gonna be back in person or we're gonna continue to watch in line, God, no matter what, that we start a new discipline of reading our Bible every single day. God, because the truth is we want our relationships to be better. We wanna be more generous. We wanna be healthier. We wanna have more faith in you. We want to push down some of those addictions. God, and the truth is we know that reading the Bible every single day helps with that more than anything else. So God, help us create that discipline, but ultimately God, help us trust you more, help us have more faith in you and help this be a year where our faith grows beyond what we ever imagined it would be. God, we thank you for all that you've done for us. God, we thank you for the church. We thank you that we have the opportunity to make this choice coming up. God, we love you and pray these things in your name, amen.